Well, tonight, as we are meeting together, I'm going to talk about a subject, because when we ask Jesus Christ into our heart, one of the things that we do is we start a journey, and that journey is on a Christian walk. And so we're walking, and we're learning about God, we're, we're trying to live the life that God's given us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I think that tonight I'm going to talk about a grateful heart. One of the biggest temptations in the Christian walk, I believe, is the simplicity of the grateful heart. The simplicity of taking things for granted. Now you think about that. I'll say it one more time. One of the biggest temptations in the Christian walk is the simplicity of taking things for granted. I want you to see this video for a second. Seriously? So, all right. Well, is there anything you can do about that? Because we really need to do some laundry. Laura, will you please give me a more grateful heart? Buddy, my car. Okay. So as a Christian, I believe that we need to learn to have a grateful heart. I would hate for things to start disappearing. But if that really happened, how many things would disappear from our lives? Because I believe one of the things that happens is, in the Christian walk, is that simplicity of taking things for granted. And we're going to be looking at that and examining that tonight as we open the Word of God. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Genesis 2. Because I'm going to give examples out of the Bible of people that I believe took things for granted in their life. These are people that were in the Word of God, and they took some things for granted. The first people we're going to look at is I'm going to ask you to turn to Genesis. So Genesis 2, you, you know if I'm going to say that. If I'm turning to Genesis 2, we are going to look at who? Adam and Eve. I believe that Adam and Eve, that they took for granted... God's provision. They took for granted God's provision. I believe with that, because one of the 
outcomes of taking things for granted is we take things for granted so much that we start blaming other people for our unhappiness. When we have all these provisions that God's given us and then we're still unhappy, one of the things that happens is, is we blame other people. If you look in Genesis 2, 15 through 17, and it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it you will surely die. So this is the setup. God had created the heavens and the earth. God had created man, and he placed man in the garden. Now, he was supposed to take care of this garden and the animals in the garden. God saw that there was not a mate for him, so God created Eve. And so God had given them this beautiful, beautiful place. Now, I believe that this place that they were in is going to be a lot like what heaven is going to be like. I believe that almost when you, when you hear about the new heaven and new earth, I believe that the new heaven and new earth could even be like a Garden of Eden in a certain sense. Because the place where he, they were, were was the Garden of Eden. It, no sin was present. They had God's provision of everything. But there was one stipulation. That one stipulation was, you cannot eat of a tree. One tree. That's it. You cannot eat of that one tree. That would be easy, wouldn't it? But see, what happens when we start taking grant, we take for granted God's provision is this. Many times when we take for granted God's provision, the devil comes along and starts tempting us. We have all these provisions that God has given us. I'm just going to ask you tonight, if you could just think in your own mind the provisions that God has given you, the things that God has given you, your house. Think about your house. Everybody have a house? What about a car? Does everybody have a car? I mean, anybody in here have a TV? Okay. All the provisions. You realize that this is just this is God. He's just He's given it to you. And just like Adam and Eve, He gave Adam and Eve this beautiful garden. And really there was just one rule. And that rule, you don't eat of this tree. Now, if you turn over now to Genesis 3, you're going to see something that happens. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. This is Genesis 3.1. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, You may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden... God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. See, this is the first part of temptation when it comes to taking things for granted. Satan comes up to us and says, my, you have a beautiful house. I've given this in the house to you, but... Look at this other person's house. Or look at this and look at this. And, and what happens is, is we, the devil starts to make us question whether our house or our car or our stuff is good. And we start 
we start comparing ourselves with other people. See, God's provision should be enough. Amen? See, God's provision for us should be enough, just like it should have been enough for them. Think about this. How would you like it to be in a garden, no sin, you can eat anything you want from any tree except for one tree? And see, the devil doesn't like that because when we are content with how we live and we're content with God's provision, our lives seem to be more peaceful. Have you ever noticed that when you take things for granted many times, like let's say your house, you, you, the house that you live in right now, is it more of a worry to you or is it a blessing to you? Think about that. Can you wait? Can you not wait to get out of that house because you want to get another house? And see what the devil does is he starts putting thoughts in our minds. And what happens pretty soon is our grateful heart turns to a heart of, well, I want more. I want this or I want this. We've all been there. And God said God really wants us to get to a place in our lives where God where we have what God's provided for us and we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every day we say, thank you, Lord. But the devil came up and said, hey, you know, you will not surely die. Verse 5 now. Let's follow along a little farther. For God knows in the day that you eat that your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desirable to make one wise... She took of it the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and he said, where are you? Well, y'all, we always know that. God knew where they were, right? God knew where they are. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Then the man said, the woman who you gave to me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, why is it that, what is it that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. See, God provides and then we take for granted and when we take things for granted of God's provision for us, we have a tendency to blame other people for our unhappiness. See, unhappiness is going to come because we're not grateful for God's provision in our life. See, that's what unhappiness comes from. Unhappiness comes from a direct movement of taking things for granted. Because we don't realize that the only reason we have what we have in the first place is because God has provided it for us. What has God provided for you? We talked about it a little bit. But God has provided you many things. For some of you, God's provided you a husband. For some of you, God's provided you a wife. 
For some of you, God's provided children. For some of you, God's provided a job. We've already talked about a house, a car. And so let's take a job, for instance. How many of you have ever had a job in your life? Raise your hand. How many wish, you ever, how, how many wish we all were retired? Okay. But here's the job. Here's the job that we have. Now, the reason we get a job is we want to make money to provide for our family, right? Wrong. The reason we get a job is because God has provided us that job. The reason we get that job is not because we've gone to college or we've gone to some technical school or because of this reason or this reason. The reason we have a job is because God has provided us that job. And see, if we look at that and we see that the only reason we have a job is because God's provided it, just like God provided the garden, then what's going to happen in our hearts is this. Our hearts are going to turn and we're going to start having a grateful heart. How do we know that we take a job for granted? You all want to know how? Because it's never happened to anybody in here. We get mad at our boss. We think we can do it better. That coworker. Have any of you all any of you all ever had that coworker? You know, that that guy. Why did this person get a raise and I got I didn't get a raise? Why does this person make so much money and I'm the one doing all the work? Do you see what's happening? Do you see what the devil's doing? The devil's making you take for granted God's provision. We have a job because God has provided us a job. And we should be the most grateful people in the world. We should be the most happiest people in the workplace. But it's not like that, is it? I'm guilty of it. I know you all have been guilty of it. We just sometimes like to complain. If you happen to be in this room tonight and you're married, ah, you know, sweet love. Remember that, you know? Remember y'all were so much in love? Will you marry me? Oh, I'll marry you. And God provided you a husband or a wife. And we should be the most grateful people in the world. But something happens. In the Christian walk and even with people, something happens. What happens is we start taking each other for granted. That grateful heart that we had because of love, we start wanting our own way. We start wanting this, and we start wanting this, and we start wanting this. You see where I have it? God provided you a husband and a wife, and the reason God provided you a husband and a wife because God provided you a husband and a wife. God saw that you needed that husband or that wife. And we should be the most grateful people that we have them. We should. 
But the devil gets in there like in Adam and Eve's case and just starts making us doubt things. I'm not saying every day is going to be a honeymoon. I'm not saying that. But we always have to fall back to God's provision of giving us that husband or wife. How many in here have children? Raise your hand. You know why you have children? Because God provided you children. Have your children ever drove you crazy? Yes, they have. But God provided you your children. That was for you. God wants you to be grateful. God wants you to sing his praises because you are in a part of your life where God provided you a child. Do you see what can happen with God's provision on our lives? If we take it and we listen to what the devil tells us, we're going to end up the same way as Adam and Eve and we're going to be hiding from God or we're going to be doing something because we know deep down in our heart we're just empty because the only thing that's going to fill us is to realize that God's provision is the only thing that fills us and having a grateful heart for what you have. I really believe that a lot of things in this world would be taken care of if we would just have a grateful heart. When was the last time you told your husband, thank you? When was the last time you told your wife, thank you? When was the last time you told your children, thank you? Or maybe your neighbor? Or your co-worker? You know, that guy? See, when you are realizing that you have a grateful heart because of God's provision in your life, then what happens is this. What happens is, that guy doesn't matter. Because God has given me this. And I should be the most grateful person there ever is. When your husband is sitting in the recliner with the Cheerios and he's spilling it on his t-shirt watching ESPN and you look over at him and you want to say, how did I ever marry this guy? You should say, thank you God, you provided this for me. That's right. Amen. I'm just saying this. We can either be grateful or we can be unhappy. And God wants us to have a grateful heart. Adam and Eve just wanted more. God provided the, the, the perfect thing for them. They wanted more. And you look, look what happened. That's taking granted God's provision. The next people we want to talk about in the Bible, turn in your Bibles over to Genesis 6. Now Genesis 6 is talking about Noah. Now you go, well, no, Noah, what's the thing with Noah? Well, the time of Noah represents this. Taking for granted God's goodness. 
See, in Genesis 6, 11 through 13, it says this. Genesis 6, 11 through 13. The earth was, was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all the flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So here's what happens. Because Adam and Eve, they took for granted God's provision, sin came into the world, right? And because sin came in the world, you look now in Genesis 6, just a little bit later, and because these people took God's provision for granted, sin went into the whole world. Well, God got to the place, and God said, no more. It's too evil. See, when we take God for granted, when we take other people for granted, the world just becomes more and more evil. Now, if you turn over to Genesis 8, and I'll just read this to you. This is after everything goes on. It says that Noah built an altar of the, to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings to the altar. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for the man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing that I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. See, the world became evil again, didn't it? I mean, here's why God destroyed the earth, and because sin nature is still sin nature, the world became evil again. God's goodness was giving us a second chance, and we still took it for granted. Do you take God's goodness for granted in your life? Does your attitude make this world a better place? Does your life bleed God's goodness to people? When people see you, do they see someone who praises God's goodness for their life? When someone sees you, do they see someone that praises God's goodness for their life, that praises God's provision for their life? Is that how we are? That's a good question, isn't it? Because I believe that's where God's leading with this. I believe that God wants us to understand that because of His provision and His goodness, that we have a pretty good life. We have a pretty good life because we have God. And God has blessed us beyond measure. The last example I want to talk about is in, over in Luke, and I'm just going to kind of explain it, but that is the ten lepers. You all have heard that story. It's a story of they're in Jerusalem, and they enter a village, and there they met these lepers. They stood far away, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus said to them, you are healed. Go show yourself to the priest. They all run away. How many came back? 
One. How many did not come back? Nine. This is taking God's power for granted. Do you realize what a privilege it is to have God send his son to die on the cross because of our sins? It is such a privilege to be able to ask Jesus Christ in our hearts. And Jesus Christ comes into our hearts and he saves our soul. Do we thank God every day for his salvation? Or do we take that for granted? Do you thank God every day for his power of salvation in your life? For all of us were once sinners. And when we had Jesus come into our heart, our hearts are now clean, and we're spending eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. Are you the one or are you the nine? Do we complain or do we praise? Do we complain or do we say thank you? See, I'm going to heaven. 16 years old, I asked Jesus Christ in my heart, and I'm going to heaven, and I'll tell you what, I'm saved. I've been cleansed by Jesus Christ in my heart, and many times I've just not been grateful about that. And so this is just a reminder for all of us to realize what power God has to forgive sin. When Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. God, never let me take for granted your power again. God, never let me take for granted your goodness again. And God, never let me take for granted your provision that you've given me in my life. Let it be like Psalm 138, 1 through 8. It says, I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods I will sing praises to you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for all loving kindness, your truth, for you have magnified your words above all your name. And the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O God, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they will sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly, but the proud he knows far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Do you praise the Lord with that type of praise? Because of what he's done. Do you have a grateful heart tonight? Are you the one? Or are you the nine? I want us to be the one. That praises the holy one. He's made us whole. His blood has washed away our sins. He's provided us with a great life. 
He's provided us with His goodness. He's provided us with His power. God, give me the strength not to take it for granted. You know a good way not to take it for granted? It's in your little Wednesday sheet you have. Remember what Jesus did for you. Sing with me. What has washed away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What has made me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Next time we're tempted to not have a grateful heart. Remember that song. Remember God's provision. God's goodness. God's power. And he's given it all to us. We praise him. We praise him.